Hello, and welcome to episode number five of the University of Geology podcast. My name, of course, is still Taylor Dorn. Uh, apologies for the long layoff. It's been a pretty hectic second semester of grad school uh, with research and everything. I'm doing everything in three semesters. So uh, in terms of putting out uh, sensors for research and collecting those and uh, some other ancillary work that I've been doing, it's been uh, incredibly hectic. Uh, so I haven't been able to podcast as much as I would like, uh, but we do have some interesting guests lined up uh, in 2018. So please subscribe and stick around and listen to those whenever they do come out. The episode that you're about to listen to is just John and myself talking. Uh, we do get into uh, prepping for work offshore and kind of all the stuff involved with that. So definitely stick around. Uh, John has a lot of interesting things to say, and hopefully I add a little something of value to the conversation. Uh, so that's pretty much it for today's episode. Uh, it's very light. Uh, I'm not sure of the link yet. I need to check it, but hopefully you find it interesting. And then in the coming months, I'll be talking to professors at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. So uh, thanks again for subscribing and hope to hear from you. Again, uh, look in the show notes. There's an email. If you have any questions or comments or anything uh, that you'd like to send to us, uh, email us at that website. So again, thanks. Hope you're having a great holiday break and hope you have an excellent 2018. I make the content. I don't listen to it. I'm sorry, man. I haven't listened to our podcast once. God damn it. <laughs> so, to be fair, I'm not inflating the numbers. No. You just keep download, subscribe, <laughs> unsubscribe, download. <laughs> <laughs> Your world? How was this wonderful, orderly Earth of ours formed in the first place? And how long has it been going on? Alright John, welcome to uh, my humble abode. It's a car. It's a Subaru. How are you? I'm doing very well today. <laughs> very right. cozy here in Lafayette. Yeah, so the normal place that we are are supposed to record, I suppose, like we pay rent there, that mm -hmm. we want to record is a business center at my apartment complex and somebody was in there studying. So I didn't think that they would enjoy us uh, sitting one room over uh, talking about whatever it is that we're going to discuss today. So We've relocated into my Subaru, and it is not very conducive to podcasting. But it's cozy. It is cozy. I do want to note that if you walk by the Subaru and you see the the windows fogging up, it's just two dudes podcasting. That's it. I wouldn't think no, anything less. Nothing else. What else would be going on in there? It's. It needs to. We need to redo. Make a video. It's the scene from Titanic where they're in the car at the bottom, and then you zoom in. And it's just. Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio podcasting. That's us. There's a car in Titanic? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's I a haven't lot. seen it all the way through. Really? Oh, no, I saw the part. Where you know what happens, the... right? Spoiler alert. <laughs> it doesn't make it. <laughs> okay. So, um, we've been off for quite a while. I think the last episode that we released was sometime in July, and that was before the eclipse. So go back and listen to that. You can't relive the actual eclipse, but you can go and listen to Dave Hostetter at the Lafayette Science Museum talk about an eclipse, and you can uh, prep yourself for the next eclipse that's coming in America in 2024. So you have a couple of years to uh, get to that episode. I'm looking forward to that. Is it going to be the same kind of eclipse, or is there going to be something different about that? <clears throat> uh, well, this last one was special because it went from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast. The next one, I believe, goes through Texas up into Maine. So, uh, I mean, I don't know where I'll be then, but... The same level level of coverage? Or, uh... Uh, not as many people will have access to it, I guess, because it's not going across the whole U.S. Mm. Uh, but you'll still uh, be able to get into the path of totality, all that kind of stuff. I, th I want to say it goes through Dallas. I would assume some of San Antonio. I don't know. I haven't really looked at that chart. But I know it's in 2024, and it goes from Texas to Maine. So, uh, I mean, at least if it's going all the way up into the Northeast, there's going to be a lot of people that have access to it. So, um, 
Anyways, so we've been kind of busy. I've been super busy with school, so uh, that kind of gets in the way of a lot of things. Unfortunately, doing podcasts for free, I can't just do it all the time, even though I like to. Um, so I just went to that eclipse. That's really, I guess, the only big thing that I guess I've done other than uh, the conference AGU that I went to last week. Mm. What about you, John? Just work? I have been working a lot. That's taken up a lot of my professional time. And as part of my personal time, I've been doing a bit of traveling here throughout the United States. Yeah, well, you want to talk about that a little bit. You've seen some cool stuff. I, You've been yeah, around. I've had the opportunity to see quite a bit. Where? When was the last time we talked? July? Well, I mean, we text every now and again. I mean, it's not like we, it, July happened, and then we literally haven't talked or seen each other since. We've just haven't podcast. Ah, oh, that's true. Since then. Yeah, traveling. Uh, I've recently moved here to the Denver area, and that in itself has opened up a, an entire treasure chest of different opportunities. And being somebody from the the Midwest, and, and not having the same features and opportunities of trail hiking probably what I've been doing the most yeah. out there. You sure about that? I'm absolutely positive. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I can, we could probably spend an entire episode looking at different trails that are out there. I'd say that what's been a, a great feature is the All Trails app. It's something that me and my, my housemates have used. Yeah, I've heard that. To, good things about that. Yes. It's well worth looking into. Okay. And... So we've we've been exploring that part of the the country, and I've, my travels have taken me all the way back to a place that I love, the Portland, Oregon area. I could go in a little more on that. Yeah, what uh, I think yesterday you were talking about a drive you did through mm. uh, was it the Columbia Gorge? Yes, I I've I've driven to the West Coast from um, from Michigan. Two times now, two or three times, and depending on where you choose to start this travel. And f- this is the first time that I've had the opportunity to be driving uh, from the east, west, and entering into the Columbia River Gorge. And, and it was a, a very moving experience. It, it, I started my travels uh, late, late at night, and... As I was uh, traveling in early morning with the sun breaking, it was it was quite a beautiful experience. It's nice. I wish I had more details about yeah, that. Yeah, whenever, uh, I mean, we were up there for the eclipse, and uh, we were kind of stupid. I mean, now looking, in, in retrospect, we were kind of stupid about it. We did a boat ride from basically Portland, and it goes all the way up through the bridge through the locks. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's nice. I mean, you do the boat, boat ride, and it takes half of your day. Uh but you see everything from afar, so there's a lot of uh, waterfalls, and you can see all the uh, rocky notes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I do wish that we had rented a car and uh, actually drove through it and were able to get out and do some of the hiking. So, I mean, the boat is nice, but uh, I think if we were to do it next time, we would just take a car or uh, ride a bike or something like that and uh, actually physically get out and, and hike and go see more of the waterfalls. So, good. I'm glad you saw all that. Yeah, I was just... I'm very ill-prepared for this podcast. (laughs) I was going to make notes, but I spent it at the bar. So, I'd say uh, I was taking the path I-84 west, and right around Boardman Mm -hmm. is, is where you'll first meet up with the Columbia River. So... For anyone that is looking to to make that travel, yeah, and it really is a. I, that was the first time I've uh, I'd been to Portland, and it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, really good food, food, uh, good people. Um, you're you're gonna ride that all the way in from. <laughs> I'm gonna cut you off here. No, no. You're gonna ride it starting. You meet up with the Columbia there, Boardman, mm-hmm. and then the Dales. If I'm pronouncing that correctly, Hood River is a place that I would certainly spend more time mm-hmm. it's a very interesting place uh, depending on the time of year it's a world world renowned for kite surfing i believe oh, really? it's a sport yeah it's I mean, the time that i spent there i don't know if it's a sport i mean they may say it's a sport 
It's like even cur- if it's a it's hobby, like cur- it's like curling. Curling a sport, probably not, but they'll call it a sport. It's a hell of a pastime. <laughs> it's an activity. <laughs> Most of these are just activities. We need to be fair to the neighbors to the north. Sure. Hood River is uh, is certainly a nice place to check out just before you make the dive into mm-hmm. to Portland. Because Hood River, you can head due south and go to Mount Hood. Okay. Hence Hood River. Yes. Just being a junction point. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, as far as geology in the area, one kind of, uh, I guess it's a YouTube video series, but it's also it's mainly a website. It's bigfloods.com, and it's a geologist. And I forget the university that he's at, but it's a, a guy in the Northwest, and he takes you on. It's basically a video version of the roadside geology series of sorts. So he goes through uh, these 10, 15-ish minute videos of a whole bunch of uh, routes that you can take going through the Pacific Northwest. And they're very interesting, and they're actually uh, really well-done videos. They're pretty high quality. So I recommend that for everybody. I'll put a link to that in the bio, so you can just click on it, and it'll take you there. But it's been a good vid- uh, YouTube video series to watch. Which university? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know the guy's name. Uh, I just know it's bigfloods.com. Okay. When I was living in Southern Oregon, um, Southern Oregon University, okay. there was a, a professor that was doing an online... Mm-hmm. video publications similar to that because there wasn't if you realize it or not there was a massive uh, ice dam yeah that had developed in that region of the country mm-hmm. and when it broke it had um, a large effect on the region yeah for sure and that's very obvious yeah and I think that is to understand the history that has happened and the effects that it has on the current landscape as I was in in myself understanding that, um, my drive through that region, I had a greater appreciation mm-hmm. for what I was seeing. It wasn't just waterfalls. It wasn't just trees and a massive river. It was mm-hmm. it was um, history right there in my face. Yeah, I like that. It's always good to get out to some exposed rock. We don't have much of it. Correction: We have none of it in Louisiana. So no, you guys are sinking. Yeah, so anytime, I, I mean, a lot of people like going out west, and this is also highlighted in uh, John McPhee's book, The uh, Annals of a Formal World. He talks about uh, basically all these East Coast geologists, for the most part. There's some exposed rock up there, especially in upstate New York, but a lot of these East Coast, uh, like, Midwest geologists all trying to get out further west to get to actual uplifted, exposed rock. It's beautiful. That's also where we have our highest concentration national parks. Like there's a, there's a reason for it. It's because it draws people because it's just naturally beautiful and you can see it directly in your face rather than having to dig down a few feet to get to some rock. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So keep the public land public. Yeah. We're working. We're working on it. See what I did there? I do. It's a political plug. <laughs> for who? Not. Just public lands? Not. Yeah, for yeah. public lands. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, what party you belong to. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, So, that's pretty much it. I do want to apologize for the long layoff. We need to get a whole lot better at releasing episodes. uh, But this has been my second semester of grad school and things. Obviously, get busy. I'll be done with my master's next semester. uh, So, it probably won't light up anytime soon. But we'll do a little bit better of a job of getting out episodes i think if we put out one a month that is more than enough um so we're doing this today we'll get to our topic here in a second say one a month i think that would be nice that's doable that's homework yeah but also you're in colorado now we have another friend out there so maybe we can coordinate something with him because he's been out there for a couple of years now oh our special guest yes, yes. it'd be nice to tie him in we need for to do episode. that yeah picture somebody from the very deep south in alabama now uh, a free-range guy in Colorado who is an avid Alabama football supporter, uh, a hardcore fan, and will yell and throw things at TVs when we're things gonna, do not go correctly. We're going to let him just be our special guest. I think we should. We need to write the, Yeah, we'll get him on the podcast. He would be uh, very fun. But you guys are up there, so we can Skype in or we can do something like that. We'll work something out. I'll buy him a beer. Yeah, for sure. You can buy him a couple. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but... We'll do it. So, we've been busy. We'll get better getting these episodes out. Um, 
As far as today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about offshore life, uh, what to expect when you're out there, uh, kind of that whole process of going offshore, what to expect, people uh, that you will talk to, uh, jobs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I think later on, probably next month, I'm going to get with my my current master's advisor, and mm. I'll talk a little bit about uh, the conference I went to, AGU, which is the largest geoscientist conference in the world, and um, I really want to talk uh, about going to a conferences, what you can do to best prepare yourself for major conferences, uh, ways to network at conferences, a whole bunch of stuff uh, that I would like to get into with her uh, because she is certainly more experienced than I am and will probably have a lot more to say about it. Hey everyone, the audio in this next segment kind of got a little screwed up, at least to lead into it. Uh, John's going to be talking about the hiring process and all that kind of stuff. So basically, I was just introducing what we're going to be talking about next, which isn't too important. So just stick around, listen to it, and enjoy the rest of our discussion. Okay, ahead. so you've already vamped for what I'm going to do, and, and I'll just jump yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so tell I'm us about the hiring process, John. Yeah, I'd like to uh, share my experience for the, the process that I've gone through to get into the position that I have today and, and maybe this will serve as some valuable information for, for any other individuals. I, th I think this is going to be a nice yin to yang series where uh, Taylor's going to be speaking about his career in academia and he who also shared uh, some time here in the field with myself and myself who is still continuing on in the field and has not ventured into the world of academia, so... Against your will, you're being held offshore. <sighs> yes, I only... <laughs> this is why our podcasts are so sparse. Few, few in, in between. So, uh, I guess it's best to start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And the application process for me was one where, uh, for myself, I, I grew up in a state that wasn't um, as oil-rich as other states in the United States. I'm sorry about that. And <laughs> thank you for your condolences. <laughs> so um, there were no um, campus recruiting, I guess, is the, the major difference is that I, I started first at a smaller school and there was no campus recruiting that would come and, and lure individuals to join that industry. So mm -hmm. really for myself, I, in, in my mind, knew that this would be a, a field that I'd be interested in by my sophomore, junior year. I wasn't solidified in that thought, mm -hmm. but I knew that it was something that was interesting and had the um, potential for a career and growth in it, so I pursued that. And after graduating school, uh, my, my application process was um, difficult. And I'm gonna put a lot of a lot of it came through the information that was provided by somebody who was already in the industry mm -hmm. and and working for the company that I work for. I met him through the field camp that I'd gone to because our school required that we attend a, a field camp. I'm sure your school is the same way. He's nodding. You can't see it, but he's uh, nodding right yeah, now. I guess that's bad for podcasts. <laughs> a verbal yes. Yes. <laughs> And so, he, so I had reached out to him, and and I think this just is uh, stresses the importance of being a decent communicator. You don't have to be a good communicator, but you at least got to try. Hmm. And the importance of networking, because without me fostering a relationship and a friendship with this individual, and in reaching out to him when I was looking for something, I might not be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. Which isn't to say good or bad. It's just something different. Yeah. So he he gave me a lot of advice on the application process because when I had graduated from university, I, I was applying for positions that were titled as a geologist. I thought of myself as a geologist. And to be fair, there aren't many positions out there where you can apply to be a geologist with little to no years of experience and you'll get those jobs. Yeah. But for the industry that I was in for the industry and the company that I was applying with, a geologist is 
going to be somebody who has a minimum of a master's and has some years of experience. So that was the first hurdle. So I was the first applying for applications under the wrong title. So once I had that sorted out, I actually was getting pinged a bit more by recruiters. And, and once um, some time went by and they reached out to me and we did a, an interview process, as I'm sure some of you might be familiar with, it starts with a phone interview, possibly a second phone interview, and then a face-to-face -to, -face to make sure you're actually the person you say you are, that um, I was able to secure a position. Mm -hmm. And... And after that second interview process uh, the, of the face, the second interview uh, being a face-to-face -face interview process was, um, I heard back within 48 hours. Maybe yours was the same way? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was very quick. Because at the time I had applied to environmental companies. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I did. They, I had had the phone interview, I had the second interview face-to-face, -face, but at least three weeks have gone by, maybe a month or so, mm -hmm. with nothing. And I took I took what was there. So, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I've heard that before. Yeah, my parents told me that one once. <laughs> I like that. So I took that position, and and here I am, four roughly four years later. Yeah. So. Damn. So that I I think is a good way to sum up the the interview process and, and really the steps to securing an interview is it's the importance of networking and reaching out to individuals you met through your time in your undergrad program mm -hmm. and through your uh, uh, field camps because let's be honest there's a lot of luck that goes into this and sometimes you get lucky sometimes you don't and if you don't get lucky reach out to people that you know and hopefully you have a couple friends out there because they're going to be able to help you out. Yeah. And I and even now, if I'm looking for another job, I would sh I wouldn't always go applying for them. I'd be feeling out for people I know. It's part of that whole networking process. And, yeah. and I'm sure you can have a, a similar. Um, you can tie that into what you're doing. Yeah, at, pretty much. Um, your your conferences. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. Uh, I mean, regardless of what you're doing, I definitely recommend taking advantage of your career center at your university. Get as many eyeballs as on your resume, your CV, um, anything that you're sending out for these application processes. Uh, get as many eyeballs on them as possible. And that's not to say anything that these people tell you or your friends or family or whatever. You don't have to literally take all of their suggestions and change everything you're doing. Uh, but definitely pick and choose some of them because there's something that goes into having other people look at your stuff. Um, and as far as networking, I mean, just talk to as many people as you can. Go to any, um, like, sort of career day at your, your university or anything, any job fairs in your town, especially if you're in a college town, those career fairs should be fairly small, and so you will be able to directly talk with people that are at these companies. So just put yourself out there. Yeah, um, <laughs> that that pretty much wraps up uh, the interview process. I could go in more into like yeah, I mean, onboarding, but that's so specific; it's yeah, not even really worth even, it. No. Uh, so you want to just talk about life offshore? Yeah, I think that's probably uh, beneficial to some people. Can we not get this window down? Is it shut all the way? Nice. We should definitely get this song on the... Why is it not working? Ah, uh, thank you. Okay. Here we go. That's good. It's going at the very beginning. Yeah, we definitely have to <laughs> chop that out or else we're going to get royalties. That's get fucked. I, you know, if people... That means people are listening, first of all. I'll take a lawsuit. I don't know who that was, but if they are listening, come at us. Hit us with a lawsuit. I don't care. Bring it. I think he goes by Gucci Mane. Oh, that was Gucci Mane. Okay, Gucci Mane. Mr. Gucci. 
Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want him as a guest now. What are your thoughts on earth science, Mr. Main? <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, was it B.O.B. Who, thought, who thinks the earth is flat? We could put him on. There was something recently, like around Thanksgiving, a guy was going to, he made his own rocket. He yeah. was going to fire himself up in the air. Uh, so I, uh, I love the article. The article is hilarious because uh, this is one of the many funny things about it. He doesn't call the atmosphere the atmosphere. He calls it the atmosphere. Mm. Which is very astute. Um, and so he was going to launch this rocket, and he's not really launching it. It's basically on a track, and it gets, like, hurled up into the air. And it was going... Like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Pretty much. It was like a Wiley Coyote kit for how to build a rocket. And yeah, I think it went... F- or it was supposed to go 1,400 feet. So launch day comes. Apparently he's trying to launch this on public lands, and uh, he didn't get any permit whatsoever. And so it got shut down. Poor guy. Public land's not so public. No. Yeah. Well, you have to go through the permit process. I mean, I don't think they want people just going out there launching rockets. No. You do that, you're going to get all these crazy people out there launching rockets, trying to prove that the Earth's flat. Pull yeah. the permit. Yeah. It's not that hard. Don't if you build a rocket, you can perm- pull a permit. Yeah, I don't want to give people permits because, I mean, I want to keep the earth is round secret for as long as possible you know you gotta keep them down okay you don't think it's round that's the, do you? That's the person you think in it's grad round? school you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah do I think the earth is round no I think it's a cube I've never just <laughs> <laughs> like off the I think it's an octagon personally why not if you chop down all the trees and got rid of all the water, people would see that it's an octagon. It just looks around because everything's kind of, you know, we have a lot of trees. We have too many trees. We need to cut all those down as well. <laughs> We're going to be publicly shamed. Yeah. This is not going to make the first bonus material. I'm putting this in. This is, I want this accepted as a part of my PhD applications. Your podcast? No. That whole segment of me thinking that the Earth is an octagon shows that I think outside the box. Send it to your advisor. I should. This is what you get. This is only a tenth of what you can expect. <laughs> this was me. I'm not even trying. <laughs> just imagine if you actually funded me. Just yeah. <laughs> Mountain Dew and Fritos. Imagine paying me to sit around making up conspiracy theories that don't yet exist. Isn't there already somebody out there that does that? <laughs> Oh, I, Alex yeah. Jones? Alex Jones. Isn't yeah. that his name? Yeah. Well, he yelled. I mean, I could... I'm not going to yell right now. I want to do it. We're in a car. Please don't <laughs> yell. We do have the windows down, but please don't <laughs> yell. Yeah, we might get uh, we might get some looks. <laughs> so... It'd be cool if the cops rolled by. I thought we were getting high. They're like, no, officer. We're making a podcast. Step out of the car, please. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. We just need to pause. <laughs> do you want to be on our podcast? So... Yeah, well, we can get back on track now. John, first question. When you get an email or a phone call or a text or whatever saying, come offshore, what are your immediate thoughts? Not answering that question. Okay. Redacted. <laughs> Just kidding. He's super happy to go offshore and provide for himself. I'm here right now. Yeah. On Volunteering. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> I am flying home first class tomorrow. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Well, that's only because... Well, a holiday? Uh, no. Is that a holiday gift to yourself? That's... I would never pay for first class. Especially early in the morning, because you don't get breakfast. You gotta go... So what do you get? You gotta go east... I mean, you get free booze. In the morning? Anytime. Perfect. You get... You can have three drinks before you even get off the tarmac. I'm down. I've only flown first class once and I was 11, so I didn't get like the full experience. And I'm pretty sure the movie I watched was like Dr. Doolittle. It's not bad. No, I mean, I mean, whatever. It's Dr. Doolittle. I fly first class all the time now. Good for you. It's not a bragging thing. It's just. All these I don't need. I, I get there. I put my feet up. I put my headphones on. And I'm like, I just want to sleep. It's like getting on a helicopter now. Talking to people about flying on a helicopter. I sleep. I don't look out the window. Oh. I don't enjoy it anymore. It's just... I'm 
sorry that for, well, the helicopters for hours. <laughs> and, yeah, and hoping that none of the engines goes out. That I've, was my thought. I yeah, I don't want to say something that I was gonna say because it might jinx me again. Well, you have you have your training, so you're fine. Yeah. You've been dunked in a pool a few times, so you should be able to escape. You'll fi- you're you're good. Yeah, the funny thing about the whole training is is the trick is surviving the concussion that you're going to get <laughs> on impact. Like, sure, getting out of the window is very easy. It's surviving the crash to you get out. i give the... you a little tip. As the helicopter is falling several hundreds of feet. Jump. Uh, yeah. Undo your seatbelt. <laughs> you do the twisty thing. You stand in the middle of the row while all these simpletons are strapped in their death chambers. And as it hits the water, you you very slightly you don't want to jump a lot because you hit your head on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, but you, you don't just, want that. You want to jump like a couple millimeters, and you're, you're like no concussion. You're good. Or you can just bring a helmet with you everywhere. It's like a slight raise of the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. That's all you need. And put your put your arms up to brace yourself as well. Mm. Do you pop the life jacket? <laughs> yeah, you want only take for off, comfort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to be comfortable doing this. So take off your life jacket. <laughs> Uh, make sure you have your phone and any, like, belongings that you have so you can take those with you Yeah. while you're being rescued. They're my Ziploc bag. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. So, now that that's out of our system. Yeah. Going offshore. What, what is the one item going offshore that's not work-related that you must bring? I would what, say... Depending on the type of person you are, it would be... Something to read or an external hard drive Okay. with your own media. Yeah. Do you, do you take hard books, hard copy books, or I, are you an e-reader? I'm not an e-reader only because I enjoy vandalizing books with my pencil. I like marking them up and drawing pictures oh, okay. in the sides. You like turning... I guess it's some repressed... You're, you want to be an artist. <laughs> yeah, something from my repressed childhood of just wanting to draw in library books all the time. Now I can afford the books. I'm gonna, I just buy them, and I underline stuff that I think is going to be relevant to come back to. Dog ear them. Just go and rent books from the public library, draw on them, and then go back and say, I drew in this. Let me pay my 25-cent fine. You can afford that now. Yeah, change belt. Click, click, click. Like, hey, I just got a first-class doodling in your book. Here you go. Yeah, so the the things that I I find to be a necessity is, um, yeah, certainly uh, something to keep you mentally stimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take books. So I used to take books as well. I would I had a shoebox, and I would just pack it full of books, and. Um, even clothes that I would take, like I would, I was very minimal on what I would take. I would take some like snacks from home that obviously they don't really have offshore because it's the same stuff every single day. So I'd take like uh, some fruit snacks or whatever. Most of my luggage that I took was books and then like food. Yeah. I took uh, obviously like my coveralls or whatever for work. And then I just wore the same shirt and shorts underneath every single day because they could just wash them. So I had that. And then I took, uh, like, a pair of pants for, like, lounging around. And then some workout clothes. And that was absolutely it. Yeah. I, uh, I, we're very similar in, in what we bring offshore. So the first time that I'd gone offshore, uh, I'd certainly overpacked. And yeah. that was because I didn't know what to expect. And, and if anyone's listening to this to gain any perspective on what to bring for their first time going offshore, you're probably going to overpack, which is nothing wrong with that. you got to learn through your own uh, experiences. But I had brought uh, quite a bit. I thought I was going to be, um, I don't know, dressing and matching clothes and, and shit like that. Very silly. You just but I didn't know. Yeah. So, uh, where I worked, something's going on. And, yeah, so I overpacked, and unfortunately I wasn't able to bring my laptop. It was the very first time I went offshore. It was brutal. 
So the first time that I went offshore, I overpacked and I brought way too many, uh, way too much clothes because I didn't realize how frequently that they would be doing laundry and you, they pretty much do laundry whenever you need it done. You'll, they'll be turned around in roughly 12 hours. So the, you don't need to, uh, essentially need to be packing for a week. I'd say you could pack for two days, three days, as you were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. You bring a pair of shorts to wear under your boiler suit, coveralls. If that, just wear boxers. Yeah. Really, depending on what time of year it is. Mm -hmm. And then um, a pair of exercise clothes. And if you want to wear something to bed. And maybe a contingency pair in case the laundry room loses yeah. any of those three. Mm -hmm. So really, we're talking about like four days at most one article like uh, bottoms and tops a piece mm -hmm. and and I've what was originally a a backpack and a full duffel bag I could pretty much fit it all into a single backpack I live out of my backpack now yeah I'm I'm not proud of it it's just kind of it's just kind <laughs> of the fact like I've gotten to that point where I realize I uh, you don't need it's any just, of this stuff no. anymore. It's just easy, yeah. really. But for things, for entertainment, certainly bring like a, a hard drive with uh, movies you might own. And what kind of movies? Any any movies <laughs> that a, you would uh, yeah. watch by yourself or enjoy watching with other people. Um, yeah. This the, is all. It, a joke. You never know. It was mainly a joke because the first time I went offshore. Uh, obviously, I didn't know what was going on, and so I walked into the uh, my lugging unit for the first time. And you want to know what the first thing uh, that uh, somebody had said to me offshore? Uh, Do you want my hard drive because I have porn? I was like, no thanks. I can believe that. Good. It was the very first thing somebody said to me. Like, no, I'll pass. I have books. So, uh, certainly, certainly, some digital media can help pass the time, and in books. For, for when you're off tower because uh, your shift when you're at work is going to be, depending on what role you have on the rig, it's going to be a 12-hour shift. So uh, after your 12 hours, you have time to yourself, whether you're somebody who just eats, exercise, reads for about a, two hours total and then passes out, or if you stay up late and want to just binge watch a TV show or something like that. Now that Netflix, you can download media. Yeah. I've I've been seeing that more and more. People it's download nice. Stranger Things and other TV shows onto their tablets and are just binge watching them offshore. That's mm. even that's uh, something completely new. <clears throat> There's a ton of stuff on YouTube, and you can just get an add-on for Firefox or whatever, and download whatever videos off YouTube to your hard drive. I wasn't aware that there was even that option. That's cool. It's good. I mean, there's a lot of good time. I watch a lot of lectures. Um, I'll give a couple plugs. The SETI Institute, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, founded by Carl Sagan. Good lectures. Also, uh, the Von Karman lectures from NASA, they do one a month. And those all get posted to YouTube, and you can just directly download them. And they're fantastic. They're an hour and a half apiece. Okay. When I was, when I was last there, uh, somebody had several videos of the Khan Academy. Can Academy? Yeah. I don't know if that's on YouTube. Yeah. Well, there oh. was, uh, was I telling you about this? The con on the go? Yeah, you put on a flash, flash drive? Up, yeah. It's fascinating stuff. So, it's, it's not just to, to entertain yourself, but you also, there's ample amount of time to educate yourself or dive into that rare and obscure activity that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, it could be knitting. Who knows? It's a lot of yarn. I'm not going to say I haven't seen it. Jenny tried to, well, I mean, she does occasionally. And she did it on a road trip once, and I think our whole car was just yarn. Did she make anything of it, or it just ended up being yarn? Uh, she, made a scar she made a scarf, I think, or something. See, that's cool. But it requires so much. Like, I didn't know it was so much. Yeah. It's a lot. It takes a lot of, uh, lot of yarn. To I make. said that because I brought yarn offshore. With a, <laughs> no, crochet. Okay. I was trying to learn to crochet. Nice. Well, it's, I, it's a work in progress. Yeah, every time I, I learned origami offshore. Really? Yeah, I, I learned how to do... I can make a rose, a flapping crane, a dragon, which looks very much like a crane. <laughs> they're, they're all based off of very similar folding patterns at the beginning, besides doing the... It's a crane-based art, art form. It's a 
folding based art form. Most of them look like cranes. (laughs) Yeah, so that was... So there's time when you're not working that you have, that you can focus on because um, you're out there and... Of, and yeah. it's and it's not healthy to sleep all the time. I guess it's also true. No, and I mean you do have. I mean you work for twelve hours, but you also have twelve hours of nothing, and so seven to eight hours of sleeping, and so then you have, a, about four hours of just free time. So what I would always do is I would make a list, <clears throat> and every time I went offshore, I'd be like, all right, I want to learn this skill, and so mm-hmm. there's one time I brought a journal, and I would just write short stories. I would go on the. Um, the Reddit writing prompts, mm-hmm. and I would just scroll through and say, oh, that's an interesting writing prompt, and I would do that. And so I would try to do that every single day that I was out there. So in some ways it can improve your writing. I don't know if the stories are good or not. They're probably horrible. But nonetheless, it got your mind kind of off of just being stuck offshore in, like, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Writing, journaling, I read anything. I still read a lot, yeah. but reading is great. Someone told me that once. I think my parents. Yeah. So that that is a, a way to prepare yourself for how to spend your free time mm-hmm. and, and important things to bring. Also, among other among the things to, to entertain yourself, I, I make a point to also bring a an offering or, or so much of like a gift. Because you never know where you're going, what the accommodations might have and provide for you. Some Some places might do a lot of sweets and candies other places might not do yeah. that they might have really good coffee and and places might have bad coffee so what i like to do is i always i always bring about one bag of ground coffee per week yeah. i plan on being out there and maybe also some chocolate yeah because it's it's small and simple um items like that which are can easily be transported and um deal well with uh, being compacted mm-hmm. during the flight process that can remind people about being at home in those comforts. Yeah. And you just get sick of Maxwell House and um, uh, community coffee. Hey, can we leave community coffee out of this? Okay. Are they a sponsor? Not yet, but maybe. If they are, I walk. <laughs> That's no. what you're taking your stand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to take... Um, my camping, so I had like a my camping mug, it was like lightweight titanium, and then I had an expandable um, coffee filter mm-hmm. for just like backpacking or whatever. So I take okay. that and all my coffee, and it's perfect because you just get some hot water, you pour it in, and then put the cup under, and it just drips. Yeah, and super lightweight, compact, compactable. That's a word. Yeah, compact compactability. Yeah, compactable. Yeah, right. It's a word. Whatever. It is now. If you can say it, it's a word. Rule of thumb. So, make, uh, learn new skills while you're out there other than work because you have a lot of downtime. Bring something from, uh, a comfort from home, a reward for yourself through getting through each day. We make it sound like you're serving time. It's not like (laughs) that. It's, so, not everybody can cope with leaving home, leaving friends and family and certain amenities. So I guess it's important to be mindful of that and take the appropriate actions, um, legal actions, to to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I was not good at it. I didn't like it. Yeah. Personally. But some people do, some people don't. But It's important to recognize that, though. It's, It's not as if you just never tried. You tried it. You didn't like it. You moved on. Yeah. That's you can't ask for anything more in people. What's what's hard, What's difficult for me is seeing people continuously doing something that they hate and and not enjoying it, but yet coming back and doing it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so I guess we can finish this conversation up by uh, not specifically talking about jobs, but kind of the variety that's offshore. Yeah, so I think that because of how the roles of the in the industry can vary and and we're trying to be very inclusive 
in how this podcast is being uh, mm-hmm. absorbed by the listeners that um, there's no sense in me going into any greater detail into what my role is. And if you're an individual that finds themselves looking to get into this sort of industry, mm-hmm. that we've we've laid a good background of the application process and um, certain expectations of what to bring and how time is spent out there outside of the work work hours. Mm. So there, it's nothing short of just going to Google and doing a quick search for um, whatever role you're applying for and what the roles and responsibilities are. I guess if we have we do have an email address, don't we? Yes. I guess it's something that we can we can kind of field those questions yeah. offline um, through the email process, or if they're if we, if we ever get, do get an email, have we ever got an email? No. Okay, so if you if we've we do got get, a couple of comments on uh, various podcasting thing, but okay, well if we get an email and it's something that we can talk about without um, being too, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Without being too specific to the yeah, companies that we work for, yeah. that I'd be happy to talk about that. Yeah. But I'm going to leave that open to, to our listening community. Yeah, send us questions. We'll reply back to you and then, of course, discuss it on air for yeah. sure. Um, but that's the feedback we need because we can sit here and we just uh, we can sit here and talk about stuff, mm-hmm. but I'd rather it be a, a conversation. Yeah. Sure. Okay. You got anything else to add? No. I just like... I like leaving long breaks in for editing now. Now that I realize... I've, I've been listening to more podcasts. Uh, and you I, can tell. And I think about how it's like designed and what can help assist with editing. <clears throat> because if we say something really witty, but it's back-to-back with something that we're like, oh, we definitely have to chop that up. Like, I can only imagine how... Like, oh, damn it. Frankenstein it would sound. Especially being this close with no barrier for the sound. Like, my voice is getting into your... Maybe one day when we make the big time, we'll have our own podcasting studio. Who knows? When our Bitcoin boat comes in? <laughs> Did you see? I, there was a guy who uh, who got arrested because he uh, had a bunch of Chuck E. Cheese coins, and he was telling people that they're Bitcoin, and they were buying them. And he got in trouble? Yeah, he's saying that Chuck E. Cheese coins are Bitcoin. And that's wrong? Well, I mean, it's <laughs> praying, praying on people's ignorance, I guess. I mean... Is honestly, that illegal? <clears throat> is it illegal to prey on people's ignorance? I guess up to a point, no. Like, I don't know. It's pretty blatant, and also, because it's blatant, I'm more inclined to be like, oh, I'll let the guy go, because like, it has a giant mouse on the back of these coins. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> if you're buying them... Also, How much was he selling them for? I don't know. I didn't really read the article, to be honest. Below I market value? I, <laughs> I hope they cost less than an actual... I hope he wasn't selling them for $18,000 a piece. <laughs> like, oh, you got a special edition Bitcoin with a rat on the back of it. Congrats. Good for you. Bitcoin makes really good pizza. That's just an <laughs> entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, kind of we can about talk about plans. So what, uh, is there anything special going on over the winter for you or anything? Any vacations that you're taking that are interesting or, uh, when do you go back offshore? No? Yeah, there's, um, a few plans that I have. I'm lucky enough to be able to spend the holiday with my family. Yeah. I'm going to be returning to the, the Midwest. Mm-hmm to spend holiday with my immediate family and friends and then I'll be returning to Denver to spend New Year's and I guess that's traveling I don't even know if that's considered traveling anymore because I bounce around the country like a ping pong ball you're always travel. I mean everything is every day is a travel day for you every day is a travel day except for when I'm at work then it's just a work day so uh, yeah it's gonna be mostly friends and family there is a concert I'm looking forward to going to, depending on when this gets pushed out. Mm-hmm. That uh, the a group called Emancipator is going to be playing in Aspen. 
Okay. Colorado on January 1st. Never heard of what kind of music folk? He played no, he's not folk, he's electronic, chill. Okay. Um jazz, down tempo. I'm sure there's a list of other things that hipsters can make up. But for the most part he's good. And I think yeah, that's all that matters to me. He's out there promoting a, a new album he has. Okay. And I guess I'm in some way promoting it now too. Yeah. We'll be looking I'll be looking for a check from him. Yeah. So whenever you go see him to say, Hey, we haven't haven't got our check yet. We advertise you. Listen. Listen to this podcast. So. We've brought you ones of listeners. We should make t-shirts. What? Podcast t-shirts? Of our podcast. Yeah, I'd be down. Anyways, I don't have... Oh, I do have... I mean, they're kind of busy. But regardless, I'm turning in PhD applications right now, and then... Pretty much it. School starts January 10th. So I'm going to Houston, San Antonio, Vegas, and then Los Angeles. So I'm kind of bouncing around myself for the next three weeks. And, I sound uh, like such a slacker compared to you. <laughs> Most of I my mean, time is just spent working and then... You go to... But you're going up to Michigan. Fucking and around your traveling. Denver. You're going places. You've yeah. been way more places than I have. I, we should go on a vacation. Yeah, I agree. We should definitely go on a vacation. And yep. your wife. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we need to play next summer. Why not? Banff? That'd be cool. I'd be down. Or you can just show me around Denver. I've been to Denver once, and I loved it. But, I mean, I haven't got, like, the full experience, I guess. And certainly not from a local who knows where all the best places are. I'll be a local come next year. For sure. All right. So, I think, Taylor, you're uh, going to be having a, a very busy and exciting holiday with your friends and family and, yeah. and so am I so, so I guess this is a good time to exit <clears throat> yeah I'll put this we'll edit this get it up soon and then we'll have uh, I'll have another episode sometime in January with my advisor and then hopefully the month after so uh, next or whatever sometime in February we can get together and we'll talk about uh, grad school and what to expect and all the uh, interesting things that go into that and uh, you're, you want a Bitcoin update yeah what, it, what, is, what is our uh, geology podcast Bitcoin update? Bitcoin update, 18880 even. There you go. It's down $500 today. If you're interested in buying Bitcoin, just contact me. I have some uh, loose change in my apartment that I could tell you is Bitcoin and sell it to you for cheap. Oh, nice. Let me get my credit card. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's... And I do uh, <laughs> payment installments as well, so you can definitely do that. However, it does accrue interest. So if you can just pay for it up front, it's recommended. Nice. What a nice guy. Yeah. Just trying to help us out. All right. With that, thank you. John, good luck. Offshore. Hasta luego, muchachos. Muchachos. See ya.